1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: What a lovely Saturday in these parts. Just gorgeous weather uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, We we traveled to visit uh, my wife's family In South Dakota, we left on Wednesday. Just a spectacular drive. And great weather on Thanksgiving. Great weather for the trip home on Friday. Then another beauty today. I was able to get some chores done out in the yard uh, today. I even put on shorts today. And then uh, on the river, uh, I I saw a boat out and a water skier today. Uh, Yes, they, they had protective gear on. I don't know if they're full dry suits or wet suits, but they, they, they were protected from the chilly river water, but they were out there uh, earlier today, quite quite a day in these parts. Always a great day to talk space and science uh, with Robert Zimmerman. Uh, I've read many of his wonderful books. He has a website behind the black and good enough to join us today uh, from his home in Arizona. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Bob. Oh, yes, it was beautiful, very nice, and, you know, it's uh, it's always good. It's always good. Everything's yeah, good. Yeah, and I, I know the weather in the autumn uh, in southern Arizona is always spectacular, but uh, <laughs> we were pretty close here in the upper Midwest. We've, we've had a great run of weather.
3: I don't know. I heard on the weather report while I was waiting something about snow.
2: Well, on Tuesday. <laughs> but, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. We may no, see no, some no, snow on no, Tuesday. No, but, no. <laughs> we don't have snow. <laughs> Yeah, you you escaped that growing up on the East Coast. You had you had your fair of uh, winter, yeah. fair share of winter over the years. Uh, let, let's start right at the top with the the latest news on your website, and that is another launch for SpaceX. Uh, Falcon Nine sent a Dragon capsule uh, filled with supplies, etc., to the International Space Station. And there's there's still a ways to go. We're we're not even to December. And they continue to launch regularly. Uh, yeah,
3: SpaceX right now has done more launches this year than the United, whole United States did last year. 54 launch, successful launches. What was most interesting about this particular launch by SpaceX is that. Um, they used a, this is now news, they used a new first stage for the Falcon 9 rocket to put the Dragon uh, Freighter up in orbit. is only a third time this year that they've used a, a new first stage all other, 51 other launches this year were done with reused first stages on a regular basis. They basically, as uh, their CEO, Gwen Shotwell, said uh, early this year, we've moved from building rockets to fleet management. Uh, They have a fleet of of first stages for their Falcon 9, and they use them and manage them. Uh, Periodically they have a launch, like just earlier this week, they had a, um, a commercial communications launch that was going to have to go to geosynchronous orbit, so it meant that the first stage wouldn't have fuel enough to come back and land. And so they took one of their oldest uh, first stages in the fleet, and they used that and expended it. But that was on its 11th flight. So they had amortized uh, the cost for that first stage uh, 11 times uh, compared to expendable rockets in the past, which would have been new stages 11 times over. And so then they've now replaced it with a new stage, uh, today's launch. Uh, It's interesting, too, the U.S. in total has launched 78 times successfully this year. And last year, the U.S. entirely did 48 launches. So at the pace it's going with the rest of the year, the U.S. is almost going to come double the number of launches from last year. And right now, this is a record. This is the most launches the U.S. has ever had in a single year since Sputnik. Um, and it's over. It's coming almost all from private enterprise. There's only there's only been one government launch uh, in the last uh, dozen years, and the shuttle retired in '11. And it wasn't until about two weeks ago that NASA finally launched its SLS rocket, the first government launch in more than a decade. The only government launch this year, private enterprise has pretty much done everything else. We have, so we have a whole. Phalanx of companies that are in competing and producing, um, uh, putting payloads into orbit right now. So it's it's quite exciting. I mean, we're coming. Next year should be a, a this is a banner year so far, but next year should be pretty spectacular because there are three new uh, rocket companies about to do their first launches in America, and there are three German companies about to do their first launches. There are uh several spaceports opening up in the UK uh with private companies there and India has just begun to have private companies they're trying to transition from a government run system to uh the cu- customers the government being a customer of private companies so things are quite um, uh they they're getting quite exciting right now and every single one of these companies uh forces the cost to go down to get payloads into orbit which means more creative things get up there. And the more creative things get up there, the more capabilities we have as a, as a species to go into space and the more chances we have of exploring the the greater unknown out there.
2: And, and Bob, back to what what SpaceX has done and what their plan is going forward, you, you talked about fleet management. Is there still a plan to continue to build uh the Falcon 9 and and capsules, or eventually, uh, and I've i I've, I've heard this. You s- you certainly know much more about it. That that ultimately this would be retired, and all the work would be done by what's being built down in Texas, Starship.
3: It, this, is a, this is actually, a, I've seen a lot of uh, speculation and debate among a lot of people about what SpaceX is going to do. Um, the, the, the Falcon 9 right now is a super-duper reliable rocket that's relatively inexpensive that nobody can undercut in price right now worldwide. Um, so until someone comes along and undercuts it, there are going to be customers that would prefer using a Falcon 9, I think, over Starship, even when Starship is launching. No matter, how, I, I I do not anticipate Starship to be cheaper than a Falcon 9. Even if it was comparable in price, there might be reasons why you wouldn't use the Starship. Uh, and so I could see SpaceX maintaining its Falcon 9 fleet and for, for at least at least another five seven years i could see that very clearly i mean for example spacex has a contract with nasa to use dragon and falcon 9 to supply crew and cargo to iss through the end of that station that station is supposed nasa wants to keep it going till 30 and so uh that would mean falcon 9 and dragon is going to be flying till uh, till 30 uh... no matter what happens and so as long as they've got customers they'll keep it going Um, uh... one of the reasons they're launching so much with it is because starship uh... has been delayed because of government interference. The Biden administration wants to uh, stop spacex for stupid reasons. That's just insane. But because they've been uh, putting bureaucratic blocks on it, they've been delayed and, and Musk had said two years ago that he really wanted to get Starship flying so he could launch Starlink satellites in large numbers. He's got to get a lot of up into, sp- into space to get make the system uh, usable, operational in as many places as possible, and also to meet his uh his, uh, his requirements for the FCC because he, you have a, a launch you have a license for bandwidth but that requires you to have a certain number of satellites in orbit by a certain time and so they've been using the Falcon 9 aggressively to try to get those satellites up into orbit because Starship is not flying. And the result has been they've really got this down to um, clockwork. And it's becoming so reliable that it seems to me that um, it would be foolish to just abandon it when Starship goes. It, let the customers decide what rockets they want to use. They will have an asset here, SpaceX, that I think they'd be foolish to just retire. So I, you could expect to see them having a fleet of uh, of different rockets uh, used by different customers, depending on situations.
2: Quick break. We'll have more. Uh, Robert Zimmerman, my favorite space and science writer, joining us on this Saturday afternoon in this long holiday weekend. And, of course, his website, Behind the Black, we'll get an update on the Orion capsule orbiting the moon. Uh, we'll talk about that mission. Uh, the, the big space launch system, Artemis 1, uh did finally launch and we'll get bob's thoughts on that and an update on what's going on there in a moment here on news talk e3o wcco
1: we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Artemis 1 finally launched from Kennedy Space Center, and now the Orion capsule orbiting the moon and will return to Earth. uh, And... Joining us is my favorite space and science writer Robert Zimmerman, uh, written many wonderful books, has the website behind the black. Uh, Let's get an update on on where this launch uh, and what's going on with the capsule at the moment.
3: Uh, Yeah, the Orion capsule is on a uh, multi-week flight. Uh, the rocket sent it on uh, a, tra- a, a mission uh, around the moon and then back to Earth. And what they're doing is they're testing to see their communication systems, how the capsule itself functions in uh, in lunar space uh, maneuvering. And then on its return to Earth, whether the heat shield will work coming back from those kind of velocities. Because you come back to Earth from the moon at much higher velocities when you hit the atmosphere. And so they're testing all those things. Um, I have to always make a point of, um, of clarifying NASA's uh, propaganda. Uh, Orion is not an interplanetary spaceship. It will not take us to Mars or beyond. It is merely an overpriced and overweight ascent-descent capsule, much like a Dragon uh, manned capsule. It'll take people up, and then it's, with the heat shield, it's a good way. To, it's one way to get back to Earth. Uh, and NASA is going to use it to transport astronauts to and from the Earth, to and from the Moon. Uh, but its main purpose, if you really look at it closely, is to get back to Earth, come out of come out of Earth from the ground and then come back. Uh, and so they're testing that, and it seems to be working. Everything seems to be working pretty well. They did have one... Uh, One moment of terror where they lost communications for about 47 minutes, and they say it had to do with a configuration issue on the ground. That's all they basically said, and okay, so that's what happened. What can I, you know, who knows? Um, NASA has been somewhat sanguine about that, and I would think it's not something to be too... Uh, Laxed about this something that, that's an issue, but anyway that happened and uh, so uh, it's it's happened. I will say I fear greatly for the astronauts that they will put on Orion and SLS on the very next flight because I don't think this rocket is uh, is ready for prime time yet, and I do not think uh, sending astronauts on Orion to the moon uh, on the next flight makes sense either. Uh, it's going a little too quickly without enough flights. Uh, Apollo did a lot of preliminary flights before they landed on the moon, and NASA's hurrying this, and uh, that's not necessarily a good thing.
2: Yeah, and everything seemed to go well with the launch. There there was concern about the solid rocket boosters and how long they had just been, well, standing around, if you will, and that all seemed to go well.
3: Yes, Uh you know. Yeah. Now, one thing NASA has always done is it sets very uh, large margins of error. So when it used to say that those solid rocket boosters should only be used, should only have a use by date of one year they probably had a much larger margin than that and they decided to take advantage of that this time and they didn't bother unstacking them and putting up a new one and that gamble worked we have to uh, say yes they got away with it um, but I I just don't like getting away with things when you're putting people in space you should really be trying to do things in a way that uh, nothing will go wrong and you're prepared for nothing to go wrong and uh, well, we, we just have to wait and see. I, it is once again also. I am not a big fan of SLS for other reasons. It's very expensive. It's very cumbersome. They can only launch once every two years at the fastest. You're never going to be able to settle the solar system with this kind of rocket. Um, I'm, I cannot wait till private enterprise starts building big rockets like like SpaceX's Starship in great numbers competitively for a lot of less money, and that'll make SLS the the. Uh, the uh, the horse buggy of its day, and it'll go away.
2: Yeah, and Bob, when, when you talk about this particular system and this particular strategy, and really it's a capsule to uh, get human beings out of the gravity well into low Earth orbit, and then ultimately take them to the moon and then return to the Earth, is there another way when you're coming back from the moon is there a way if you have enough fuel to slow down, go into orbit, do it another way? I, I mean, yes. we all learned from Apollo or watched Apollo thirteen, where you know when they're coming back, they're they're coming back on a reentry trajectory yeah. a, at at great speeds. Is there another way?
3: Well, uh, let's talk about Starship. Starship is another way. Starship is being sure. designed. Once refueled, they have a contract with NASA, a $4 billion contract, to turn Starship into the lunar lander. So the way the Artemis missions to land on the moon are going to work is they're going to use SLS to launch the astronauts. They're going to fly Orion to the lunar gateway station in orbit around the moon. And then Starship's going to show up. It's going to be bigger than the gateway and Orion. They could swallow both. It's going to dock. The astronauts will transfer over to Starship. Starship will land on the moon and then come back to Gateway where they'll get back in Orion, and Orion will take them back to Earth. But the simple fact is that if you just simply... Uh, had a second starship, starship could come back to Earth. And it's, desi- it's being designed to be reusable and to land in a manner variation of the shuttle. It'll come in like a shuttle, but then it'll land vertically instead of on a runway. And um, if you did that, that's another way to come in. And it's a different way, and it's um, in some ways a more controlled way. It's a variation. It's just a different way. But since it's reusable and it 's got a lot more tonnage capabilities <laughs> your ca- your possibilities of things you can accomplish goes way way up uh, that's, sure. you know so anyway that 's that 's how I see it uh, we 'll have to wait and see this, this plays out over the next decade. Uh, I do say that nasa is um, is uh running with heavy weights tied to its legs compared to SpaceX on private enterprise.
2: Oh, you had a great post and you and you do this a lot, and this is uh What's going on on Mars? You, you oh. always fun, find wonderful images and, and talk about those images. Uh, the Tiger Stripes.
3: All right. Yeah, this is a very cool set of strange, worm like dunes in a crater at about 57 degrees north latitude. And uh, this is uh, at a latitude where there's going to be lots of near-surface ice on Mars. That's pretty much what we're learning. Mars is not a desert. It's, a, it's like Antarctica. It's got a lot of ice, but uh, no, very, no liquid ice. And uh, no ice of any kind near the surface in the equatorial regions below 30 degrees latitude. But once you get above 30 degrees, you begin to find glaciers. You can to find lots of ice you begin to find lots of near surface ice so these tiger stripes are um, on these dunes are the result of uh, the seasons on mars during the winter months the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere falls as snow uh, dry ice snow in the, in at the polar regions and it forms a several-foot-deep uh, mantle of dry, of dry ice on the surface in the polar regions. And then when spring comes and the sun hits it, the sunlight goes through this clear dry ice and heats the dry ice at the base so that it um, sublimates, But then that gas is trapped. And it tries to find a way out, and it cracks the mantle, the ice on the surface at the weak points. And when it does that, it spews out dust, and that becomes a dark spot. And so that's what produces these tiger stripes. They're there during the uh, uh spring months when these uh the mantle of dry ice is beginning to sublimate away into gas and uh then over the summer they fade away and uh and then the whole process starts all over again and that's what these stripes are on these dunes. Mars is um it, we're learning what Mars is like. It is not a desert. It is it's a desert, but it's a it's an ice desert and that means future uh, settlers there will have ample water to access it's just they're going to have to mine it and then uh process it to make it drinkable
2: yeah and and beyond that uh water's a great start for fuel for return trips yes. et cetera. very exciting and i and I, I check back frequently to your website to see these images and and y- your explanation I, I love that part of what you do
3: Uh, the, The one thing you have to understand is that right now the cutting edge of planetary exploration is Mars, so I have a lot of Mars images. And it's important because we're really understanding what the planet is like in ways we've never had known before. As other planetary missions go to other places, I will start exploring those as well because I'm, I'm, I want to keep on the cutting edge of what the scientists are learning from this stuff. And I will tell you, I'm the only one doing this journalism. Most space sites don't actually troll through the archives of uh, of the planetary missions to find out what's being done. They just simply wait for press releases. And so you come to Behind the black and you'll actually get to find out something besides uh, uh, what, the, uh, uh, what the press releases from NASA say you should be learning about.
2: Well, and uh, your reporting on uh, the SLS uh, program, if you will, and the expense and the cost overruns uh, has been invaluable over the years. It's certainly been an eye-opener, Bob. Uh, Thank happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, yes. Always good to visit with you, and hopefully we can do it again soon.
3: Anytime, Steve. It's always a pleasure.
2: All right, there he is. Robert Zimmerman, my favorite space and science writer, his website, BehindTheBlack.com. 331, we'll take a break. We'll have an update on the weather. Still much more to come on this Saturday afternoon and this long holiday weekend. Uh, We'll get some college football scores. The game in the books. Uh, Michigan did something they hadn't done in 22 years today. We'll get all of that. Producer Jonathan Lowe standing by. We'll get you up to date on the D2 and D3 college football scoreboard. Not the greatest news on this Saturday afternoon for most upper Midwest teams. We'll have that for you as well here on News Talk. e three O W C C O. A A huge college football weekend. Thanksgiving had the Egg Bowl, Mississippi Mississippi State. Nebraska, Iowa, Huskers got a win on Friday. Today you have the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. You had the game in Columbus, Ohio State, Michigan, the Civil War, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Pub Onions hacks on the line in Madison, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. And Jonathan Lowe is going to get us up to date on all of those scores coming up here in a moment but let's check what's going on d2 d3 right now and the news not particularly good uh for those teams still alive from this area in the division two and division three football playoffs for example division two minnesota state at colorado mines and mines leads at 45 31 in the third quarter there so the mavericks season on the ropes down in Texas, Bemidji State at Angelo State in the fourth. Angelo leads it 23-7. to So a couple of teams still alive. Uh, Winona State played at Bemidji State in that frigid day in Bemidji a week ago. But it looks like uh, the Beavers and the Mavericks are going down today in D2. And in D3, not the greatest news either. We'll start on a gorgeous day at Clemens Stadium in Collegeville. At number twelve Wartburg from Iowa made the drive and beat number four St. John's twenty-three to twenty uh turnovers, the big story in the game uh for the Johnnies uh today. As a matter of fact, uh they they turned it over uh four times today so tough, tough day uh four St. John's actually uh, they they had four picks and a fumble in that game today. Uh, meanwhile, Wartburg just had one interception and they didn't lose any fumbles. So five one turnover. That that's pretty much the story today up in Collegeville. We should be getting a game report on that one a little bit later on. Meanwhile, Bethel they had to go out to Linfield of Oregon. And that game early in the third, and the Royals have the lead. So, Bethel, the lone hope uh, for small college football here in the state of Minnesota, leading at Linfield 17 13 early in the third. We'll continue to keep an eye on that score. Meanwhile, no WIAC schools made it out of round number one. Uh, Whitewater and Lacrosse were both defeated in the opening week. Let's get you the other D3 scores while we have a moment. Delaware Valley beat Randolph-Macon 39-32. Aurora beat Alma 48-26. Ithaca beat Springfield 31-20. I think Ithaca is St. Thomas coach Glenn Caruso's alma mater. Number two, Mount Union beat Utica 45-7. Number one, Norris Central of Illinois beat Carnegie Mellon 28-7 to advance. And number three, Mary Harden-Baylor beat uh, Trinity of Texas 24-17. to The only game in progress out at Linfield-Bethel still leading 17-13 early in the third. So you're up to date on the uh, Division Two and Division Three scoreboard uh, for the first time today. The first time of many times today, we're going to bring in Jonathan Lowe with all these huge rivalry games uh, going on all over the country. Once again, it started with the Egg Bowl. Mississippi, Mississippi State on Thanksgiving Day. Jonathan Lull, what's going on in the Big Ten and the Top 25?
0: Thank you very much, D V T, T. And uh, good afternoon to everybody out there across the Upper Midwest. Just want to tell you something. On this Thanksgiving weekend, we're all supposed to get together. We're supposed to be thankful and grateful for one another. Do you have that brother that just gets on your nerves? Do you have that sister that you just really can't stand? Got those cousins and 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 other relatives that are just like, why are they here? That's that's what happens this weekend in college football. It is the rivalry edition of a Saturday in the fall, y'all. College football here, there, and everywhere, and we get it rolling in the Big Ten. Down I-94 in Madison, where Paul Bunyan's axe is up for grabs. Unfortunately, a spot in the Big Ten championship game is not. But Minnesota and Wisconsin looking to finish, each looking to finish 5-4 on the Big Ten season. Right now, Minnesota has the ball. They have just recovered a fumble, a Wisconsin fumble. The Badgers were driving, and the Gophers recover. They have it in Wisconsin territory, 7-6 lead for the Gophers with about 5.45 to play in the first half. Other results right now, two games that are going to decide the Big Ten West. The first one is in Bloomington, Indiana, and Purdue for the old oaken bucket. It is late in the first half, and the Hoosiers lead at home 7-3 to over the Boilermakers. If the Boilermakers win, they win the Big Ten West, and they go to Indianapolis next week for the Big Ten championship game. If the Boilermakers lose, then all attention turns to Evanston, where Illinois is facing Northwestern. The Illini lead late in the first half, 10 nothing over the Wildcats. If Purdue loses and Illinois wins, Illinois goes to Indianapolis next week. If Illinois and Purdue both lose, Iowa will still go to Indianapolis. They're not completely out of it, even though they lost to Nebraska yesterday. We get to that in just a second. The other game going on right now. Number 11, Penn State, late in the first quarter. Uh, It is scoreless, but the Spartans, I'm sorry, the Nittany Lions have the ball inside of Michigan State's 20. The Spartans need to win to become bowl eligible. Today, it was the game. Michigan, Ohio State, number two, hosting number three in Columbus, and the horseshoe was rocking early. The Buckeyes were leading early on. Unfortunately, Michigan turned the tide, and they turned it around big time in the second half. Donovan Edwards ends up two huge, big-time touchdown runs, 22 attempts, 216 yards on the ground, and two big touchdowns. Michigan pulls away in the end a 21-point fourth quarter, and the and the Wolverines are 12-0, 45-23. They defeat the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes fall to 11-1 but they could get in the playoffs still, even though they will not make it to Indianapolis as a representative of the Big Ten East. Michigan will be that representative next week. Other finals, Maryland defeated Rutgers today big time. Shut them out, 37-0. The Terps end the regular season 7-5. and Rutgers ends 4-8. and Yesterday, as Steve said, Nebraska went to Iowa City, and it's been a bad year for the Cornhuskers. It got a little better yesterday. They defeated Iowa. They upset the Hawkeyes 24-17, and Iowa now 7-5. and They had a chance to win with a Purdue loss and go to uh, Indianapolis, but again, now they have to wish for a Purdue loss and an Illinois loss to get there. Now we head to the top 25 scoreboard across this rivalry Saturday, the Kentucky rival Bluegrass rivalry, number 25, Louisville down at the half at Kentucky 13 to seven, the iron bowl in Tuscaloosa this year, number seven, Alabama, they, uh, scored 21 consecutive points after Auburn got the first score of the game, but Auburn has responded. It is 21-14 Bama midway through the second quarter. It is midway through the second quarter in Corvallis, the Civil War. Number 21 Oregon State, number 9 Oregon. Oregon trying to secure their spot in next week's Pac-12 championship game, but the Beavers came to play today. The Beavers are up 10-7 with the ball on the Ducks. It is in Fort Worth. Number four TCU they need to win today over Iowa State to get uh, to continue to stay in that playoff push and Unfortunately for my alma mater, it is going according to plan for number four the horn frogs lead twenty four nothing late in the first quarter in Fort Worth. Uh, other games going on right now. Number 14, Utah, hoping for an Oregon loss to get to the Pac 12 championship game. They are up 14 0 at Colorado near the end of the first quarter. Finals from earlier. Number one, Georgia continues to roll. They win in that clean old fashioned hate game over Georgia Tech 37 14. It was South Carolina knocking off number eight Clemson in that Palmetto showdown 31 30. Clemson will go to the ACC championship game next week, but they are basically out of the playoff picture as of right now games coming up later tonight number 5 LSU trying to stay in the hunt as they go to Texas A&M number 22 Central Florida they will be in the conference I'm sorry the American Athletic Championship game next week but they want to get a good uh, momentum rolling after losing last week to Navy they're at South Florida tonight number 15 Notre Dame number 6 USC USC if they win this week and next week they might have a chance to go up above Ohio State getting the playoff. We'll see what happens tonight. Number 10, Tennessee looking to rebound after last week's loss to South Carolina. They are at Vanderbilt. Number 12, Kansas State looking to secure their spot in the Big 12 championship game. They host Kansas this evening. The Apple Cup will be tonight. Number 13, Washington at Washington State. On Friday, it was number 23, Texas taking down Baylor 38-27, in the matchup to see who would face Central Florida next week in the American Championship, number 19 Tulane defeats number 24 Cincinnati 27-24. Number 17 North Carolina will play in the ACC Championship game next week, but they that doesn't mean they weren't upset. That doesn't mean they weren't shocked by their cross-state rival NC State. Double overtime the Wolfpack win 30 to 27 over the Tar Heels. Number 18 UCLA, they take down California 35 to 28. And last night, number sixteen, Florida State, in a wild one in that rivalry game against Florida, the Seminoles win forty-five to thirty-eight. And as Steve mentioned, the Egg Bowl, number twenty, Ole Miss, they fall to Mississippi State on Thursday, twenty-four to twenty-two. Real quick, let's look at the FCS playoffs as they get underway today. It's uh, North Dakota from the Missouri Valley, the only team in action right now. They are losing at Weber State, ten nothing. The winner of that game takes on Montana State, the fifth-ranked team. I'm sorry, the 4th ranked team in the country next week. Other other games today. Richmond defeats Davidson 41-nothing. Richmond now takes on number 2 Sacramento State next week. Furman over Elon 31 to 6. Furman will take on Incarnate Word, the 7th ranked team next week. It is currently 48-10 Delaware leading Saint Francis of Pennsylvania. Delaware looks like they will be going to Brookings next week to take on number 1 overall seed South Dakota State. Uh, New Hampshire leads Fordham 42-35. to The winner of that game gets Holy Cross next week. Coming up later, it's Montana versus Southeast Missouri State. The winner of that game will take on North Dakota State, Southeastern Louisiana and Idaho. The winner of that game will take on Samford. And then Eastern Kentucky Gardner-Webb later this afternoon, the winner of that game will take on William and Mary next week.
2: All right, Jonathan. Wow. Uh, as uh, really the The meat of the college football schedule winds down today, of course there 's conference championship games there 's the annual Army Navy game, and then we jump into bowl season and uh who will be in the playoff and when we come back we 'll talk about that playoff in a little bit. Uh, Jonathan and I will share our thoughts on uh who 's in and uh, who will ultimately play for the national championship in college football. And, and hopefully we only have to fool around with four teams for not too much longer. That that they're going to grow this field to eight or or twelve, uh, I I would be fine uh, with all of that. Nine minutes down front of four, here at news talk, eight three zero W C C O. Five minutes down front of four o'clock, all the news and weather at four. We'll go outdoors. With Steve Carney, we'll preview Prepple. Traditionally, today would be the final day of Prepple, but because uh, the Vikes and Patriots played on Thanksgiving Day, Prepple is next Friday and Saturday at the U.S. Bank Stadium, and our good friend Jim Paulson will join us from the Star Tribune. Uh, a couple of quick thoughts on the college football playoff. Michigan, uh, easiest route to the playoff, uh, the, the college football championship, the final four, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because they'll need to beat either Purdue or Illinois in a Big Ten title game. They took care of business. They won the game today. Uh, for Georgia, I think it's a little tougher. They still have to win an SEC title game uh, to get in. Uh, they'll, they'll face a much better opponent than Michigan. And then you've got Michigan and, and Georgia. If, if they run the table, they'd be the number one and number two seeds, with Georgia being the number one.
0: I disagree with part of that analysis. Okay. I think Georgia's is in no matter what win or lose next week. I think they're
2: in. Oh wow, even if they get beat in Atlanta. Yes. Um,
0: okay. I think if I really think Michigan is also in, no matter what. I don't think with the way that those two ended the season, with the schedules that they had, I don't think either one of those teams is going to be out of the playoff if they lose in the conference championship game. The question is, where does USC come in? Can TCU finish things off? Where does LSU come in? And now that Clemson is out, now you've got a little bit of a simpler path for those couple of teams. Tennessee lost last week. Same team. South Carolina probably ended the playoff hopes of Tennessee last week and Clemson today. So that's, you know, it's... it's one of those things where I think that the two teams that won today that benefited the most were Georgia and Michigan because I think they're both in no matter what.
2: Wow. All right, beyond that, TCU, uh, they're, they're well on their way against Iowa State leading 24-7 instant update. Ohio or Iowa State gets a touchdown and an extra point. TCU, they, they win the Big 12 title game. You've got to put TCU in. Right?
0: Absolutely, automatically in
2: and then who's the fourth
0: that's the fun of the, that's the fun of watching <laughs> championship week next week
2: yeah there you go we'll have the news and weather in a moment
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest
1: 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch visit your local T-Mobile store today